it was my first time. Yeah, I got to go for adopting Bitcoin and I got, I lucked out. <laughs> they asked me to MC for the conference. And so cool. I got to, I was just like, really? Um, so I was so blessed and grateful, like so blessed. And um, it was wonderful. I didn't know what to expect really going down there. I mean, obviously I knew it was going to be Bitcoin country and everyone was super excited. Um, everybody was so warm and friendly and you know being in san salvador and then going to el zante was amazing and it was so fun to go meet all the bitcoiners down there that were boots on the ground and certainly all the folks that were coming in to visit um i ended up making friends with a woman who lives there and so she kind of took me under her wing and i got to go to all these cool places that i wouldn't have gotten cool. to go to if it was just me you know and we got to go into the jungle and do a cacao ceremony and so oh, wow. Wow. It was really, <laughs> yeah, and have music. It was just great. Hello, guys. Welcome once again to Bitcoiner, the podcast for Bitcoiners from a Salvadorian to the world. Today, we have the, the great pleasure to talk with DJ Valerie. How are you? <laughs> Welcome. Yay, good. How's it going? Aloha. <laughs> So it's going to be a really fun episode, guys. I know you love her. So uh, it's going to be really cool. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, okay, so first of all, maybe for people that don't know you, could you maybe give us a little bit, uh, share with us, with our audience, a little bit about your background and uh, like, where are you from or where, what do you study? And, and yeah, we will continue on that <laughs> later. Yeah, sure. So, hey, aloha, everybody. My name is DJ Valerie B. Love, and um, I'm a DJ, obviously, and I love music. I started DJing back in the late 90s, and oh, cool. I use, you know, I got turned on to music because I, I mean, I love music. Everybody loves music, but I really realized like music is a tool to unite people and bring us all together. And so, like, when we're dancing together, we're vibing together, and there's peace right? There's not, people aren't fighting. Nobody's getting mad. I mean, most of the times, <laughs> unless you're like <laughs> trash dancing, but, um, but I really realized like, wow, you have an opportunity to scale love and scale joy using music. And, you know, I did that for quite a while and then I had kids. So I kind of put my headphones up on the shelf for a while to be, you know, a super mom and, yeah. uh, I'm kind of coming back out of like mommy DJ retirement. And yeah. I found Bitcoin a couple of years ago, And, you know, of course I got into it the same reason a lot of folks do is number go up. And I was like, oh, look, COVID, I'm going to sit on my couch and watch Miami Bitcoin from the, <laughs> the couch on YouTube in my pajamas. And, and I was, you know, I was getting into the crypto stuff for a second. because I was like, oh, cool. Look, what's this going to the moon thing? Isn't this neat? And then, um, and I saw that Beeple sale for the NFTs and I'm just like, who would pay $69 million dollars for a JPEG, like this is weird. So I started going down, you know, and researching all of that. Um, I have a background in in business and I started a couple companies with my ex-husband and, um, oh, cool. but I never really knew what money was, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when I started learning, like what is money? And then when I started listening about um, what are the human rights use cases for Bitcoin? And well, when I heard- that? Well, when I heard, you know, Alex Gladstein and Ray mm. from Paxful um, and Yusuf from uh, Built with Bitcoin speaking at um, Miami Bitcoin, 
I started realizing like, whoa, this isn't just, you know, some cute little crypto thing with number go up. This is actually, there's a use case for people with remittances. There's use cases for people who are trying to escape authoritarian regimes. And I was instantly like, okay, everything else is going to the side and I'm going to study Bitcoin. And because I'm such a passionate fighter for people's rights and for people to be free. And I didn't really understand that money was a root of slavery for so many people and Mm -hmm. like the wrong kind of money. Right. And fiat. And so this was just something I knew I had to, I had to put my heart and soul into because I'm a a hippie and, you know, kind of all sparkly and all this (laughs) stuff. And I believe in all of the, I believe that we all have to tune into love and peace every day, but if we don't have a sound money system now that I understand, all of that stuff is still going to crumble. You know, we're not going to be able to move forward as a, as humanity that we I think we want to see the future for everybody to be included. And uh, so now I realize, like, wow, music is a unifier and Bitcoin is a unifier, and they both can cause peace. So, and I have a podcast called Bitcoin Peace and Music, and so I, that's kind of my my jam is I think Bitcoin and music can help bring world peace and in oh. an inner peace, of course. So oh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. And, and wow, that, that's a really uh, unique approach. I, I think I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and uh, okay, we're going to go deep uh, dive in your rabbit hole journey. But before that, uh, do you have any other hobbies besides being a DJ and a supermom? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, you know, I love art. And I've been so excited playing with the AI stuff lately, like with Midjourney. Oh, okay. oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Have you played with any of that stuff yet? Actually, yeah. Uh, I have a book, uh, a Bitcoin book that is really introductory. And uh, my 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 cover of my book made it with Midjourney. Can you put it on the screen now? I want to see it. Oh, uh, okay. Well, let me <laughs> yeah, bring it up. Let's show the audience like what your cover <laughs> looks like. You got to pimp that out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just like, I'm really interested in AI. I love technology and I love what it can do. And of course I love nature. I'm a huge, you know, how do we preserve and keep mother nature intact and how can we help heal her? And I, again, I think Bitcoin and music and events and raising consciousness for people is super duper important. And so having immersive experiences where people can get back in touch with why we are nature and why it's so important that we understand that you know, our life support system called Mother Earth is suffering and we need to do more to help her. Um, and so that's a huge, a huge passion of mine as well. And um, and I'm a huge meditator. I love to okay. meditate every single day. And I really believe that the more that people can take moments in their life every day to tune into spirit, God, universe, whatever you call that great mystery, um, the creator, uh, it's, it's so important, you know, and, and I think we're missing that. I think people are spiritually dehydrated in the world and mm-hmm. I think we're financially hungry as well. And I think, yeah. you know, we are craving connection. And one thing that I noticed, you know, technology is a gift, right? It's so um, like, wow, Absolutely. you and I are talking, you're in, you know, where you're at, I'm where I'm at. I'm not doxing you, so I don't know if people know where you're at. So, uh, <laughs> um, they know that I'm in, in Spain. <laughs> okay, cool. I I'm in Colorado, so we're we're thousands of miles apart, right? So we yeah. get to connect through this gorgeous medium. However, 
I think it's caused a lot of separation as well. I think the technology, even though we have this sense of uniting with each other, we're, it's a lot of people, especially young folks, are using it as a substitute for face-to-face -face human connection and true interaction. Like I have two teenagers and you know all they do is this all the time. Yeah. Um, and they're missing out a lot on the, the, the stuff that I used to get when I was a kid, which is like, okay, go out and uh, I'll see you at eight o'clock at night, you know, go running around in the streets and be with your friends and go outside. And they all want to just be on their screens now. So you're, there's a false sense of connection. I think that technology is giving us. And so, um, so I think tuning in with nature and getting more tuned in with each other uh, in person and having more in-person activities and events is it's critical for our our peace on planet Earth because yeah. multimedia, not multi, excuse me, mainstream media has been, <laughs> it's been polluting our our consciousness, right? Like mainstream yes. media is is so toxic and divisive, um, and so for those of us who uh, are are tuning into any of those those messagings it's like you have to be a warrior to push them away and just be like what's yes. real what, where's the fear you know there's so much fear and all that out there so um so i think it's important that we remember like tune in with this this radio inside in our hearts uh yeah. did you find the cover um yes uh, where's my oh nice that? yep i the, see it the, oh cool the, the yeah so uh, is this one, uh, yep. the, the savior, the Bitcoin, the greatest rebrand. And I was going to put this one, but I thought that at the end, I thought that it was like a child's book and actually it's not a child's book. So at the end, I, I went with this one, <laughs> uh, it's nice. the savior Bitcoin. Yeah. So it's an introduction to the greatest ribbon in history. And, uh, and that's the one that I have in, in pay hip. Yeah. But, but you see, I, I just, um, Actually, I just put it on the prompter that basically I want like a child discovering the rabbit hole journey of Bitcoin. And that's why you see like a forest and and, and this uh, entrance and you see the background with the with the B of Bitcoin. <laughs> totally. Oh, my gosh. It's great. This is so fun. And I, isn't it like, have you ever written a book before? Uh, no, actually, I wrote it up about uh, this one about Bitcoin because I had a lot of information and also uh, um, usually uh, because when I moved here, what's happening uh, to Barcelona because uh, before I used to live outside Barcelona, so I made new friends, especially here in Barcelona, there's a lot of people and people ask me for my background and and uh, I told them that I was from El Salvador, and, and but back then it was happening the the Bitcoin adoption. So I told the story too many times, and uh, also about the civil war and everything related, because most people knew before Bitcoin adoption and everything the great work that right now uh, the government is doing. People, El Salvador was known by you know the the gangs member and the violence, and so. Right. I had to tell um, most of the people that kind of story. And uh, so I told them too many times by the end, my, my sister and actually some friends that, that they were telling me like, just, just write a book about it. <laughs> it's, and so how cool is this, right? So Bitcoin has led you down a path where you're like, cool, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to write a book, you know, yeah. like you never know right i never i was like oh my goodness i'm doing the same something similar so it's really 
it's magical how Bitcoin can open that these 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 avenues up of our creativity and how we want to connect and share stories and elevate and empower each other. It's really it's it's a magical gift to humanity, that's for sure. So how how do you use Midjourney? I mean, the, the what is the most exciting word that you have done there? <laughs> what oh gosh. Um they're all kind of different, you know. So uh, we started working on Satoshi the Cyber Opera. Um and we started creating some artwork for that. And so that's been kind of fun, like getting these warrior images, you know, and so some other stuff I did, I, I just wrote an article called the Bitcoiners Dilemma. And mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. So I have a bunch of pictures in there that I did with mid journey. Um, oh, cool. And so that that's up on the website. And yeah, it's, it's like talking about the different journeys that we go through, you know, like you have to rearrange your thinking about the world. You rearrange your thinking about yourself and then your relationships start to shift too. Yeah. And so, I mean, have you experienced that? Like becoming, how long have you been a Bitcoiner? Uh, since 2017. I'm okay, cool. You're way older than you're, you're, I'm still just in my diapers. Um, oh, really? <laughs> I'm only two years. Like I've only okay. been in for two years. So, okay. but I, like I said, once I realized again, the, the human rights implications of, of this I was like, okay, this is this was the missing link to like how do we create a, a, a more fair, safe, inclusive world for people. So yeah. Uh, and how how was your rabbit hole journey? I mean, uh you, you said a little bit before, but uh how do you realize that what Bitcoin was capable of? And and maybe do you do you have these like several aha, aha moments or do you have just one aha moment that you click and said, Okay, this is it. Just like well, the separated. <laughs> like lis listening to the human rights case, like when Alex Gladstein okay. was talking about somebody mm -hmm. who was, I believe she was leaving Afghanistan and mm -hmm. she was escaping the country and had, you know, her, you know, all the stuff that she was physically carrying with her, which she got robbed. Uh, mm -hmm. But she had her, her private keys up here and she had them in her clothes and she was able to start a new life again with, you know, uh, with Bitcoin. You can't do that with her local currency. Nobody wanted that where she was going. Nobody wanted, you know, shitcoin number 642,000. You know, they wanted Bitcoin. And so that really opened up my eyes to like, oh, okay. So she can go anywhere in the, the world, you know, pretty much and start her life again. And I, I just, it didn't even, I didn't realize how uninclusive our monetary system is. You know, I just... It, thought like, oh, everyone's got bank accounts and everyone's got this and everyone's got access to whatever. And then st I started realizing like, wow, there are so many people who don't have opportunities because they don't have the ability to transact fairly. They're obviously they're, um, you know, when I, the other part too was, I remember seeing a headline in this, it was, a, you know, a couple of years ago and it was like, you know, 40% of our entire money supply was printed in the last 18 months during COVID. And I'm mm -hmm. like, that can't be good. Like, mm -hmm. that sounds like my purchasing power just got robbed. Um, and so did everybody's, you know, whoever's holding dollars. And so that was another aha moment to me too. Cause I recognized like, I know how that goes. If you've got too much money and you're still holding the same thing, you're not, your, your purchasing power just went way down and that's robbery. That's theft. And mm -hmm. I recognized like, Oh, if we're going to keep playing this system over here, people are going to continue to get robbed and so what's a way out and so the the finite supply of bitcoin you know was a huge 
like, oh, wow, this is great. So you can't ever just go inflate this money supply and take away people's purchasing power. I liked that. I also loved that, you know, separating the the decision-making from a human being to, to be able to go do that, to just here's the code and here's how this, this works. Every 10 minutes we get a new Bitcoin. Okay, that's predictable. I like that, you know, and nobody can go in and tamper with it. And if you want to go change the code and you know, hard for it, go ahead. It doesn't seem to have worked so far. Uh, mm. <laughs> people want to opt in. And I like that it's an opt-in. Nobody has to use it. If you want to participate in the network, great. If you don't, you don't have to. It's peaceful. There's no, no guns absolutely. to your head that say you must accept Bitcoin or transact. So that to me is, it's a peaceful money. It's absolutely. a peaceful form of transacting. So, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you said that you have teenagers. Uh, so, of course, I have to ask you, that. have you orange peeled in yet or not? No, they not think yet. I am. They think I'm crazy. Oh, really? <laughs> they, so anytime, anytime mommy brings up Bitcoin, they're like, shut up, mom. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that, um, oh, what happened? Don't worry. Okay, but here we are. Okay, so the kids, yeah, the kids are so you know, they think I'm insane, right? They're just like, Bitcoin's stupid, mom. And what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I'm really learning like the art of listening a lot more than trying to orange pill them, you know, and getting an understanding of their world and what they understand, what is money and what's not, you know? And so um, it's been very humbling, you know, to constantly feel rejected by my family <laughs> on this new <laughs> journey. And so that's kind of why I wrote that article, the the Bitcoiners dilemma, um, because it talks about, you know, kind of going through the cocoon, the chrysalis of becoming a Bitcoiner because you're a caterpillar before you're a Bitcoiner to me, you know, you're cruising around, you know, there's some weird new transformation that's going to happen in your life, but like, Sometimes before you become, you know, you're solid in your, 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 your resolve, your commitment to becoming, you know, like, okay, this is freedom money. This is the thing I've got to, you know, I'm dedicating, you know, a massive part of my life to this. Um, it's, it's kind of scary and it's intimidating, you know, when you're in that goo in the chrysalis, you know, from going from caterpillar to butterfly, but once you become, you know, once you surrender and you really just get like, there's no going backwards. Like you can't go back to be, being a caterpillar after you've really got the message of Bitcoin. And, and then when you're out flying around with your fellow butterflies, right? It's like, okay, cool. We get it. You can't, your job isn't to go try to convert caterpillars into butterflies. You're just going to go do butterfly. And when the caterpillars are ready, they're going to be ready. And it's not our jobs to, you know, uh, convert people, but our jobs are just to go, cool, let's go build, let's go do the pollination, let's go do all the things that butterflies do. And to me, that's sort of the thing. So I'm, it's been, it's been an interesting spiritual journey, you know, personally with my kids and trying to understand, okay, don't take it personally. It's okay. They still love you and all that stuff. So <laughs> what about you? Is your, are your family, are they orange pilled? Absolutely. Actually, I, uh... oh, that's great. Yeah, I learned about Bitcoin because of, uh, well, actually, no, it, I, I learned it in university, but then, like, I was deep in a rabbit hole journey uh, 
it was because of my sister and uh, she brought me again about bitcoin in 2019 and uh, and i was curious because how how my sister knew about about bitcoin and that that's and, and then we we shared our stories and okay i was like okay this is something deeper and then um and then what convinced me is that my dad is a doctor my sister uh, talked with my with my dad about bitcoin my dad was really interested about that and uh, you know we never thought that he was going to be really interested in that but now he's really orange bill he's not maxi but he knows a lot about bitcoin and loves bitcoin and actually supports my my work by he was like yeah you should do the interviews and so and uh yeah, cool and my mom is a work in progress <laughs> but, but you know she, I, I, and what's her what are her objections like uh, what are her hesitations yeah uh you know it's like she i think she's one of those person that needs to have the paper money to feel safe or yeah. see on the bank account uh, she i try to uh share her some example like when you pay with the credit card is the same thing because you have digital money and so on but uh she always felt like felt secure by having the money for the, the paper money you know so that's why and she was like she was like but where is bitcoin how how can i have bitcoin in my hands like no mom <laughs> there's no there's no printing money any, anymore yeah, right i know and that's such an interesting thing because i think different generations obviously they'll be different they'll adapt differently or they may not ever adapt, you know? And so I really believe focusing on the young, the younger people who understand that digital transactions, because that's what they do anyways. Like if they're playing a video game, you know, they have tokens or things that are in there. So they under, they already understand that, you know, you're not going to touch your digital token inside of whatever video game you're playing. And so mentally, I think they were, they're already primed to understand what digital currency is and so it's not like oh i have to hold it like my kids if i give them cash they hate it they're like mom venmo me or send me they don't want <laughs> they don't want paper dollars at all because everything all the transactions that they do are you know With through your phone. phone or whatever yeah, and so absolutely. um so i really think you know you know Gigi, um so he's just like you know we talk about the old people right it's like we're already crusty <laughs> don't worry about us old farts like focus on the young people and get them excited and empowered and understanding how this works because you it's easier to teach somebody something than it is to unteach them something mm, exactly yeah absolutely you know? and, that's true and so that to me is like okay let's not i mean obviously we have to get everybody hopefully on board at some point but i think it's it is important to focus on the youth the youth mm -hmm. yeah um, absolutely yeah. I, actually th that what you said I, actually i was talking with margaret pies that uh she, oh, she's the best yeah so actually she told me uh when she came to the to the show exactly the same thing that it's way uh, difficult to to teach someone something different if the the person uh learn it in the wrong way or different focus so it's really different and and uh i think the um, the governments and uh, the press and the media made a really good job to present Bitcoin as, as a monster, right? So that's why in the beginnings uh, with round articles. So that's why people, when first heard about Bitcoin, is it's what media said, not what us Bitcoiners said. So yeah, it's really difficult to 
orange peel and although it's as you said it's not our it's not our goal it's not our mission but it's just i think our voice is just to tell them that this is a tool you can use it whenever you want and it's better than than what we have currently right <laughs> totally yeah one of the um one of the a woman i'm working with you know and i i feel the same way and i think this is probably what most of us would feel but like at this moment in time bitcoin is the very best solution for a, a digital currency if there's something somehow that can come down the road and make it that would be superior i think bitcoiners would look at it and go okay cool what could be superior but as of now there is nothing bitcoin is the absolute best and mm -hmm. so why not use the absolute best when you're you know transacting your life work your time you know your value and so that to me is just sort of the 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 conversation that we get to have i think with each other and um it it is true it's like you it's easier to teach people from a blank uh canvas than it is <laughs> from something that's already you know got a lot of stuff on it and so yeah this is i think our jam you know getting getting the young people excited and involved like, yes like yes absolutely and uh we were talking before uh, starting the podcast that you told me that you went to El Salvador so maybe we can talk a little bit about that how is well, totally two questions one have you been there before and second if not well if if you do uh when and if not uh, how was your first experience there it, it was my first time yeah I got to go for adopting bitcoin and I got I lucked out <laughs> they asked me to MC for the conference and cool. so I got to I was just like really um so I was so blessed and grateful like so blessed and um it was wonderful. I didn't know what to expect really going down there. I mean, obviously I knew it was going to be Bitcoin country and everyone was super excited. Um, everybody was so warm and friendly and, you know, being in San Salvador and then going to El Zante was amazing. And it was so fun to go meet all the Bitcoiners down there that were boots on the ground. And certainly all the folks that were coming in to visit. Um, I ended up making friends with a woman who lives there. And so she kind of took me under her wing and I got to go to all these cool places that I wouldn't have gotten cool. to go to if it was just me, you know, and we got to go into the jungle and do a cacao ceremony. And so oh, wow. Wow. it was really, <laughs> yeah, awesome. and have music. It was just great. And so I got, I met some musicians and I got to go to their studios at their home. Cool. And so it was just very, um, do you make a session amazing. there? Do you play? Say it or? again. That if you, if you play there in the, as a, as a DJ. I got to DJ. Yeah. So oh, I okay. DJed at, I think, was it three or four? I think I DJed at four separate little events there. It was really, really cool. Oh, cool. Um, but you know, the thing that I, when I got to meet the musicians, right. So I met the, um, these musicians at the cacao ceremony and, you know, one of them had dreadlocks and we started talking about Bitcoin and he loves Bitcoin. And he's so happy that Bitcoin's coming you know, but he was talking about the violence in El Salvador, you know, and how some of his friends were murdered by gangs mm -hmm. because they had dreadlocks and they, mm -hmm. you know, uh, practiced uh, a different way of being. And they were conscious, they're conscious hip hop guys. So they're talking about love and peace and unity and stuff. And he said that there was some gangs that didn't like that. They were more like thug gang type people. And they were just like, nope. And their friends got murdered and I just was like, Oh my God, you know? And so I, you know, he's happy to see, you know, the gang members and people who are causing problems getting off the street, 
but Mm -hmm. he's also getting personally harassed once in a while because now he has dreadlocks. And so they're thinking like, well, you must be in this other gang. And he's like, I'm, I'm a peace, love and granola guy, you know? Um, So I think there's two sides of all of the crackdowns that are going on. And I'm certainly not one to, I don't know enough about it, but it seems like it's helping to get all the gang and the violence off of the streets, but it's also, you know, um, it could accidentally be targeting some people who are, are not gang members, you know, just because they look a certain way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the solution is, but it does seem like president Bukele has been doing great work. You know, um, I wouldn't want that job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. God bless him. Um, Absolutely. And, um, so now that, that you went there and went to El Sab- uh, San Salvador and uh, El Sante, so that was your first experience making a transaction in the Bitcoin circular economy, or do you got the chance in, in the in the U.S.? Or how was your No, story? the U.S. is definitely like, it's pretty sparse. You know, there's not a lot of circular economies. I really loved, you know, when we were in El Sante, uh, the taxi driver, you're the Uber driver, you know, he had the like, I accept tips in Bitcoin, you know, and he had his QR code and everything. I'm like, yeah. Um, so I loved you. I loved that. But I did notice, you know, when I was leaving the airport, I was at the airport, I was all excited. And I was at one of the gift shops and I was like, okay, can I pay in Bitcoin? And she's like, we don't accept Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to? Cause I thought everyone was, and she's just like, yeah, we're not set up to do that yet. So mm-hmm. it seems like it's a process. I would imagine Mm-hmm. you know, there's a trust factor with the government of implementing this. And so some people are just like, oh, another government implemented thing and we don't know about it yet. So what's your experience like with, you know, you, people that you know there, are they excited about it? Do they trust it? You know, it's been obviously almost two years. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. The, the thing is that, um, we had, I think, in 2000, 2001, we switched to, we had columns, the colones, that was our currency. And uh, then in 2001, we switched to the dollar because, well, but back then, our economy was really bad. And we started to have, at that time, uh, some signs that maybe our economy was going to be a little bit uh, a struggle. We were going to struggle, like, uh, for example, Argentina, and uh, so the gov- the government back back then they wanted to uh, to prevent that. That's why we switched to the to dollars. But the thing is that when we switched to dollar, um, one one euro, no, sorry, one dollar, it was like eight point seventy five colons. So imagine that, for example, my my grandparents and even my parents, right? They have the their saving their savings of their entire life and then comes to the dollar and uh, it was like cut by more than half so divided by nine so people of course were angry and uh, and of course bitcoin is it's quite different but people still remember what happened with the dollar so yeah uh, i think that's why they are cautious about this and they they don't want to accept right away bitcoin and that's why it's really important dedication. Like for example, what John Dennehy is going doing with Mi Primer Bitcoin, it's really important. They're studying in the love, schools. Love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
So I think, that, you know, that's the main reason. One, because people don't know exactly what Bitcoin is. Then second, we have a history with the dollar. And mm -hmm. the third one, I think um, that is uh, that is volatile, right? So it's not a stable. It's not a stable. And uh, so people when think that they're going to transact between dollars and, and Bitcoin, of course, it will be mostly the same thing in the short term, but in the long term of even if you stay in a Bitcoin cir circular economy by full, it's not going to happen that. Um, so yeah, but I think uh, people still need education and that's what's happening right there. And I think is uh, is the best place to and to understand that because we have it as a currency, you know. So you you, you will understand besides the the concept and everything by by using it in your everyday life. Yeah, it's super important. I think you know, obviously, the volatility is intimidating. You know, if you're trying to transact in it and you get it, and then two days later, it's. I mean, if it's up, yay, great. If it goes down, you're kind of like, uh oh. So I think mentally, that's a. a an obstacle until there's price stability, which is not going to be for quite a while in, you know, so, so I think we've got some interesting ways to approach um, how people can create that circular economy and feel that their, their purchasing power is going to be stable, mm -hmm. you know? And so I don't know, I know for me, like, you know, you hear a lot of people are like, hodl, 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 just buy your Bitcoin and don't, don't use it and don't do anything. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work to get a circular economy going like you have to use it and you have to transact in it and and give it you know use it with each other and so you know there's some people who are like okay if you're gonna if you know you have you know fifty dollars worth of stuff you have to go get today like buy fifty dollars worth of bitcoin and then go transact in bitcoin you know so you're pretty close to you know you're probably not going to have a huge swing you know within a couple hours um yes. And, and so that to me is like, it's an extra step, but it's giving to me, you're still by doing that, by taking that extra step, you're opting out of the old fiat system. You know, you're still, mm -hmm. obviously you're converting your fiat into Bitcoin, but I think that's an important thing for all of us to start getting in the habit of, because every time we still stay over in the traditional way of transacting, we're just saying yes to that system. We're voting mm -hmm. for that system with our actions. Right. And so if we make other choices however small they are, we're going to continue to start getting in that habit. And then we're voting for this new system with our actions. Right. And so, so I think that's a way to, you know, support a circular economy with using Bitcoin. And how is the, the situation uh, in terms of regulation over there? I, I, I mean, I, I know they're struggling because uh, for example, yesterday, I think I read uh this article of the new new york times about bitcoin mining and stuff have you read it and uh, oh god yeah it's it's like it's just it's a hit piece basically meaning you know they're whoever funded it whoever funded that piece is excited to you know put the fud out there the fear uncertainty and doubt for everybody about bitcoin mining the the numbers are not accurate it wasn't researched well and so there's of course all this pushback um from the Bitcoin miner and mining community. Uh, and it's, it's definitely, this is, this is the issue with Bitcoin, right. And with anything in the world, mainstream media, when it gets a hold of something, if it's first, then you don't ever want to be in a position of defense. Right. And so to me, what, because we're not centralized as, as 
an organization that has a marketing department, you know, it's really important that we have Bitcoin educators and voices and people putting truth first and not having to be in a, a defensive position. And so, because if it's out there, if the lies and the fear and all the mis, um, uh, misrepresentation of data and numbers goes first, and then you have to kind of go back there and say, no, 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 look at this, look at this and that. The seeds have already been planted of doubt in you know the the masses, and obviously New York Times has a huge audience, and so um, it's so important that like um, uh, people use their voices regularly and and back it up with data, you know, get the emotion, yays, and it's exciting, and then put data inside of your conversations as well of how much you know why is it important that Bitcoin uses energy. So many people are like, oh my God, it's so much energy. It's this is bad. It's to secure the network. Okay. That's a big thing that people don't get. You don't want to have something like the fiat system. You know, obviously they use guns to secure their network. <laughs> That's not good. They use yeah. that uses a lot of energy. The military uses a hell of a lot yeah. more energy than little Bitcoin miners. Okay. And so when people start to understand what that why we need that energy here, which is minuscule compared to what the military budgets are of nations to defend their their fiat, they'll start to get it. But if we're not telling stories that are compelling, you know, we're going to be in a defensive position. And so I think using our voices and activating people, all of us is is critical, you know, and every time we we share stories, you never know who's going to get it and who's going to get that message and grab it like I did with uh, you know, with Alex and Ray and those guys, it's kind of, then I'm like, whoa. So the more voices we have out there, the better, you know? Absolutely. 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 And so just out of curiosity, when was the last time that you played rock, papers, and scissors? <laughs> uh, it's been a minute. So. <laughs> so guys, do you know that this section, actually, it's my fault I, that in the last episode, we had we didn't have the chance to play that, but uh, Hard Truths are back and we're going to play Hard Truths with Valerie. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so the rules, I have to explain the rules, uh, even though I explained a little bit about that. So it's we're going to play three times rock, paper, scissors, and the loser had to pick a random number between one and 80 something. I don't remember the number that we're 88. currently. 88. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, yeah, and the winner make that question. And of course, the loser have to answer that question. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it. We're going to do it three times and then we go back to the show. <laughs> so we're okay. going to play. Yeah, so it's time for Hot Roots. <laughs> so pick a number between one and 88. 11. <laughs> 11. Uh <-huh. laughs> okay, I decide. The, the question is... Uh, how many selfies do you take a day? Oh God, uh, <laughs> pretty much none. I don't do no. selfies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. Maybe one or two a month. If that's it. Like if I'm doing a DJ set, I don't. I, I hate taking selfies. <laughs> okay, perfect. But you do the podcast, so <laughs> I do the podcast. So there you go. <laughs> you have enough camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay now yeah. I get to. You get to pick a number, and I'll ask you. Yeah, uh, 59. 59, okay, hold on. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. Okay. If you could hire someone to do one thing for you, what would it be? Of course. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the, I think the editing of this podcast, because I have to also subtitle them because it's, I, I didn't tell you that, but, but because it's, it's for uh, El Salvador and also for Spanish speakers, I had to, uh, in this case that we speak Spanish, I had to make the subtitles. So involve a lot of production. So if I had to hire someone, uh, probably it will be <laughs> for do that. To do that? Well, I might have someone for you. And guess what? He what? lives in El Salvador. Oh, really? Yeah. Send, send me the, the contact. <laughs> I will, for sure. He's awesome. Okay, <laughs> okay perfect. Oh, you see? <laughs> we got something here. <laughs> You'll love him. His name's Ale. He's my podcast producer, too. So, because oh. I don't like editing either. <laughs> I'm not oh, an editor. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah, then we can hope we'll send him some sats. So, uh, yeah. and I pay him in sats. So, that's pretty cool. Perfect. So, yeah, when... yeah, yeah. We make the Bitcoin transactions. Okay, perfect. Yay. <laughs> and uh, I think we have around 15 minutes. Wow, it's it's so so fast. Uh, I know. So, <laughs> it does. It's crazy, right? How fast like our conversations go when we're talking about Bitcoin. You know, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So I think we're going to start wrapping up. So maybe we're going to have a, like three or four questions. So okay. uh, yeah, so the first thing is that well, I think uh, it's really obvious, but people maybe don't know. So, is that are you going to any Bitcoin conference this year, and when and where? I am. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. I'm going to Miami Bitcoin in in May. Oh, cool! And I'm gonna, gonna be DJing. Wickety wickety whack. Woo woo. Really <laughs> cool. I'm gonna. I miss know. That I'm one. so excited. So I'll be DJing Friday night and at like a rooftop sunset kind of party. And then cool. uh, Saturday night, the big main after party event, I'm going to be DJing that too. Cool. So you see, guys, so if you're in the United States or even in Miami, if you're going to the conference, you will see DJ Valerie. We love. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Come and hang out. It's going to be really fun. Oh, I want to be there. <laughs> and I'm hoping I want to get down to El Salvador, obviously, uh, in November. And I'm probably going to try to go to Pacific Bitcoin also in uh, oh, LA perfect. in October. If, mm -hmm. if, if worlds, you know, happen, if things meant are meant to be, I'm going to try to go to BTC Prague, um, but I don't know. Now maybe maybe happen. we will see there because I want to go to to BTC. Are you going to go? Oh man, yeah. I really really want to go. Um, I'm trying to get uh, Matthias. I'm like, get me. I'll come DJ at one of your parties. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely, that's cool. Yeah. It will be amazing. And uh, okay, and I think that the next question is going to be a little bit more serious, but I want to know uh, your opinion about this. And but do you think that? It is possible that Bitcoin can scale for a new circular economy, not just well, maybe globally. Not I'm not saying right now, but do you see that in the future, and uh, maybe make a new system? And what do you think are the main challenges that we have to face? To for Bitcoin to scale globally? Yeah. Um, well, I think obviously you've got people with guns who want to protect their their money printers. That to me is the biggest challenge that we have. And so the people with guns who want to protect their money printers also control the mainstream media and fund the mainstream media. And so those two things are dangerous, obviously, for for humans. And I think that, you know, until we can get the narrative, the storytelling to get people to understand why it is important for us to have 
money that is separate from government and separate from uh, an entity, a centralized entity, um, it, it's going to be a difficult challenge, I think, you know, because we're constantly going to be battling like the New York Times hit piece, right? Oh my gosh, it's so bad that we're boiling the oceans and all the, you know, the horrible things. Or Greenpeace with the school Satoshi, although it was a really cool. It, it, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so again, getting ahead of the narrative, the conversation, the storytelling and telling mm -hmm. truth first with, you know, what are use cases of why we need to have this sovereign money? And and here's data points that support that. Um, you know, that to me is the biggest challenge. Um, I believe it's doable. And I believe that the more that people start seeing their purchasing power getting stolen from them, you know, especially in uh, places where here, like in the United States, people are used to like, oh, we're the top of the world. And I'm like, well, the dollar is not going to be the top not with bricks and all this stuff coming down the line. And mm -hmm. we're, we're being challenged. And so what's going to be the solution for people to store their wealth, um, their hard earned time, you know, the value that they've created with it, their effort and time. Um, they're going to be looking for different solutions that aren't going to just melt like the ice cube analogy that people talk about. And so, um, but yeah, to me, I think it's it's people with guns who you know control the money printers. They're the ones I'm worried about the most. But I think they're they're not. Uh, we outnumber them, you know. And mm -hmm. and and if we can get on, you know, one at a time. If you can just get people understanding Bitcoin a little bit here and there, and then just you know, that's going to make so. a big difference, you know. And people starting to transact and use it. it it's going to change, you know, but we're so, it's so early. We're so early still. Absolutely. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. And I think uh, this is going to be the last question, but it's going to be two, two questions in one. <laughs> so the first one is um, what are your goals for this year? And the second one is uh, what do you want to achieve in the Bitcoin world? <laughs> Ooh, good. Wow. Those are big questions. Holy cow. <laughs> goals for this year. Ah! <laughs> uh, I have a lot of them, my friend. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, my goals for this year, I'm working on an art, music, Bitcoin, and nature project right now. Cool. And so that's a huge, huge thing that is is on my plate. And so, you know, like I said, when you bring thousands and thousands and thousands of people together to dance and to experience life and to celebrate nature and to celebrate each other. You know, we work better together. We're excited. We're open. Our hearts are there. Um, our consciousness is ready to receive new information. And so this project is, um, is aiming to do something like that at a grand scale around the world. And so I'm in the process of putting that together with some folks uh, in different parts around the world. So that, yeah. you know, stay tuned for that. I'm, I can't wait till it's, it's massive. This is a long-term project. This isn't something okay. that's just going to happen overnight. Um, but so my goal is to get, um, get some working prototypes going and get some events going that are going to, you know, perpetuate this model so that we can start, you know, nature pilling people, orange pilling people, and peace pilling people. So mm. those three things are very important to me. Um, my goal in Bitcoin, uh, hyper Bitcoinization, you know, I, I want to see the world on a Bitcoin standard, 
you know, sure. and, and at least parallel, if it's not going to, you know, it's going to take some time for that. But I believe that Bitcoin does have the capacity to cause peace on the planet. And I believe that if we're not having to have a financial system that, you know, is defended with guns, it, it, it's going to be a better world for everybody, you know, where everybody can participate. And so to me, that's my goal is to keep learning and be humble, you know, and I, every day I keep learning new stuff and then, you know, doing my best to share, you know, what I know and guide people in directions of smarter people, you know, so they can learn. Uh, that's my goal is hyper Bitcoinization. So, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, where can people uh, find or be up to date with, with your work? Uh, where can they, where can they find you? You can go anywhere that says DJ Valerie B, the letter B love, uh, on Twitter, on Noster, on uh, obviously my website, djvaloriebelove.com. So that's kind of where I hang out a lot. And so are you are you on Noster? Are you on Damus? Are you doing Absolutely. any of that stuff yet? Yeah, yeah I'll, okay. I will share you my my pub falls. Okay, and you cool. Can share, be great. And you can share uh, yours so I can put it on the podcast notes. Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah, that's where I would go. And uh Come to Miami and let's get some grooves on for sure. <laughs> are you I'm going sorry. to El Salvador? Are you going to be at Adopting Bitcoin this year? Do you think? Uh, maybe I, I could go right now. I'm waiting because uh, my parents are coming. So after that, I'm going to plan something. Cool. Yeah, but ho hopefully that that's on my bucket. On my bucket. That's on my list. <laughs> Your list yes, for the year. Yeah. Yeah. For this year. So maybe we can <laughs> see there. So uh, Valerie, thank you for being here, and hopefully, I want to have another episode with you. It was really fun. Yay! <laughs> perfect. Again, thank you for your time, and again, I'm sorry that I make you wake up so early. <laughs> no, no this is perfect. Like I said, this is like the good day that my kids are sleeping in, and I have to, now I get to go wake them up to go to school. So it's perfect. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, again, thank you very much, and I hope to see you soon again here. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, aloha, adios. <laughs> 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 Guys, see you next week. Ciao.